what's up? My name is Grace, and thanks for tuning in to the GT Young Adults Podcast. We're a community, a part of GT Church in Victoria, BC. We love Jesus and have a passion to learn and live like him and have a ton of fun doing it. All of the messages and conversations you find here will point you to his truth and his hope, so lean into whatever God wants to speak to you today. Enjoy what you're about to hear, and thanks for listening. Shandy and I, last night, we had the opportunity to go out to a concert, a little, little hot date. Wild Rivers. Anybody go to Wild Rivers yesterday? Just me. I'm the only non-Christian in the room. All right. Okay. There we go. We got somebody. We got somebody. And uh, there was this powerful moment during this concert. And here, you know, I, I feel 20 until I hang out with a bunch of 20-year-olds. And I'm like, good Lord, I am no longer 20. And, uh, and, and everybody's down in the center. Is at the capital, what is it, capital city ballroom? Everybody's down, down in the middle. And so me and Shandy go up in the top and sit at the table with all the old people. And, uh, and, and we're sitting there. And the Lord just began to break my heart for everybody in that room. As I'm looking at a room packed with people in their 20s, just, just, and just, gathering together. And I saw this picture of the church in that moment. And the Lord really began to stir my heart. And I began to pray for you. And I, I didn't even know I was going to be speaking tonight. And, and I began to pray for this ministry, pray for the six. And I spent half my night watching, half my night praying, and, and just saying, Lord, would you move in this city in our young people? Lord, would you move in this city and take back the ground that the enemy has taken? Father, would you do something exciting, something rich, something real in our generation? And I am just so encouraged to be able to be here tonight and share with you. And so I hope, I hope, I hope that tonight, Tonight, you could do me a favor and uh, not just try and listen and learn something, but my prayer for you is that you would take a moment and listen to God. Because what if, what if, what if, what if, what if God, God set it up for you to be here right now? And what if in this moment God has set this up for you to hear from him, not from me, but from him, that he's got a plan for your life. And so, so let's lean into him tonight. Let's, 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 let's press into him tonight. And it's going to be, it's going to be fun. I promise you that. It's going to be fun. Uh, Shandy and I, we didn't always go on hot dates to concerts. Um, when we were first married, we were super broke. Raise your hand if you're super broke. Just kidding. But I, I definitely was super broke when we were married. And uh, so then we try to do like all like the really super fun cheap dates. Like we would go on walks. That's a broke person. That's a broke person date. Uh, go 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 to coffee dates. Go to McDonald's. But that's like a cheap broke person date. You look cheap and you're cheap. And, and so it's just nobody wins. And, and so, but we got a, a here's a good good cheap broke date. We went to the SPCA to pet some cats. Right, so now we look noble, and it's free. It, it's totally free. And so you get to go, and you get to go pet some cats. And so Shandy was pumped. I'm not necessarily a cat person. She is an everything with fur person. That's why she loves me. And, and so, oh, there we go. And, and so, so, so we, we go to the SPCA, and we get to this room that they affectionately call the cat room. And, and they usher us in there. And as soon as we get in, they slam the door behind us. Because they don't want any of these little cats sneaking away and, and running away and running amok all around the SPCA. Well, it took me all of five seconds to realize why all those cats were in there. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen the old Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, like, claymation, like, super old Christmas movie, right? Um, there is a, a scene in that movie where they go to the island of the misfit toys, 
And I'm sitting there looking around and we got limpy and lumpy and baldy and grumpy and, and, and they're, they're, they're all there and Shandy's literally walking around going like, oh, I'll be your mama. And then, oh, I'll be your mama. I'll be your mama. And I'm thinking, I need you to be my mama and get me out of here, girl. This is not good. This is dangerous. We're going to get a disease. And, and we're sitting in there and I'm kind of like this, hands in my pockets, just praying to the good Lord that nobody would touch me and uh, nothing. And then these animals will touch me. And, and Shandy's literally just petting up a storm, so happy. This is the best date of her entire life up until that point. The lights go out. And I think to myself, that's weird. Maybe, maybe possibly um, a, a sick, cruel joke, but maybe also just a light, like an electricity, like power-saving measure. But unfortunately, that was not the case. They, they, they locked us in the SPCA. I kid you not, Pastor Andy is real. And, and so, so Shandy and I, we get up and we're looking around and we're thinking, this cannot be true. And, and, and we walk down the hall, it's like eerie quiet, like, like scary quiet, like someone's pranking me, these cats gonna eat my soul type quiet. And, and, and we get out into the main office area and there is no one to be seen. All the lights are off. There's this little green light blinking on the door. And I'm thinking, oh my word, I'm locked in the SPCA. This is like the world's worst nightmare. And Shandy's like, praise the Lord. And just like so happy. She's a lady. She's like, I'm stuffing cats in my purse. And, uh, and so we're there. And then all of a sudden I start realizing we can't just leave. Because if I go to leave and I walk out that front door and the police come, they're going to think I broke into the SPCA. And I'm thinking, there's no way I'm going to jail as the guy who's in arrest, being arrested for snuggling cats. Like, that's not going to happen on my watch. And, and so, so we start to panic and Shandy goes behind the counter and just starts calling like every number we could find behind the counter and like literally phoning them saying, hi, do you work for the SPCA? Awesome. We're locked in. And eventually they send somebody to rescue us and that was amazing and you know what they did? They gave us a two-for-one cat coupon as like a consolation prize. And Shandy was so pumped that we literally adopted two cats that day. Like I think that was part of their business strategy. And this is how Christian Shandy is. She's way more Christian than I am. She, she said to them, we'll take the cat that's been here for the longest. Isn't that cute? Yeah, you don't live with me. It wasn't that cute. And, uh, and so we ended up getting this cat. Her name was Abby. She was there for three years. And uh, she was a prison cat. She had a prison tattoo and everything. She was crazy, man. And um, Abby and Kinkerbell, those were our cats. And, and I learned something very important that day, like something critical. The more of the story is this. When you walk in the dark, bad things can happen. You might get locked in the SPCA. You never really know. You don't know what's coming around the corner. And what I love about the scriptures, and what I love about this particular series that we're doing, this Christian walk series, is, is, is Paul unpacks, this is what the Christian walk is supposed to look like. And specifically in Ephesians chapter five, what he does here in verses eight to 14, he talks about what it means for a Christian to both walk in the light and to walk in darkness. And I can tell you this much, friends. If you can capture what he's saying here and apply it to your life, I can assure you, your Christianity will change. Your Christianity will become vibrant. Your Christianity will become alive. The nuggets hidden in these verses are worth your admission price today. Ephesians chapter five, verse eight says this. For you were once darkness. Notice it doesn't say you were once in darkness. 
Like that would be intuitive, right? Like you were once in the dark, but he's not saying that. He's like, listen, ladies and gentlemen, pay attention. You were once darkness, but now you are light. Not in the light, you are actually light in the Lord. So live as children of light. In other words, what he's trying to communicate here is he's trying to say, listen, dear Christians, this is what I'm trying to say. To be a Christian means to be illuminated. To be a Christian means to be engaged, means to be um, um, initiated. A, A light switch is flipped on. You've gone from dark to light. To be a Christian means that people notice. You're different. Something has shifted. To, to, to borrow a word that we don't really like in the Christian church, but it's so applicable. You, you are enlightened. There's an enlightening peace that takes place once you become a Christian. I, I can explain it to you this way. Do me a favor and just close your eyes just for a quick sec. You see, according to this Bible verse, spiritually speaking, without the transformational power of Jesus, with your eyes closed... Look around, you don't see anything, do you? All you see is dark. Before Jesus, spiritually speaking, everything was dark. I mean, I mean, you couldn't see. You, you could live, you could breathe, you could, you could dream, you could feel, you could hug, you could love, you can live your life in the dark. But this isn't what you were created for. Imagine just for a second while your eyes are closed. Imagine holding your Bible. Now with your eyes closed, I want you to read it. It's in your hands, you're holding it, but you can't actually see the words on the pages. You can't really read it. It doesn't make sense. You can go to church in the dark, but without the light of Christ, church is dark to you. It has no value. It's it's completely meaningless. And this is what Paul is trying to get across. You can open your eyes now. To be a Christian means to be people of light. It means that you can see. Now, it doesn't mean that it doesn't make you better than anyone else. And sometimes we as Christians, we don't want to admit this. But sometimes we can kind of think this sometimes. It's as if there's this hierarchy. Those who understand and those who don't. Those who, who have been, who, who can see and those who can't. To be light doesn't make you better than anyone. It just means that you now see things that you didn't see before. To walk as a Christian doesn't just mean that you see light, though. To walk as a Christian means that you actually become light. It means that everywhere you go, you illuminate darkness. It means that when you're in this room at this time, you illuminate light. You illuminate darkness. When you're at home with your family, you shine light. When you're at school, you shine light. When you're at work, you shine light. In your relationships with your friends, you shine light. You become this mobile lighthouse. Everywhere you go, you illuminate darkness. And this is God's rescue plan for humanity. This is how we change the world. This is how we make a very real, very tangible, very practical difference in our sphere, in our circles. 
For you were once darkness, he says. But now you're light. So live as children of light. For the fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. In other words, what he's trying to teach here is he's trying to teach people, like, listen, there is actually a byproduct to being light. There, is a, there, is a, um, there are some descriptors. There are some evidences. There are some, some tangible, practical things that happen when you become light. And the first one is goodness. To walk the Christian walk means to do good in the world. Not just to be good. And that's where we kind of settle sometimes as Christians. If I can just be a good person, then we're good. If I can just be a good Christian, then we're fine. But to be light doesn't mean you just be good. To be light means you go and you do good. Being a Christian isn't just about going to church, it's about being the church. Being a Christian isn't about just attending Bible studies, it's about actually doing Bible doings, like like living out the Bible. To be light in a dark world means that you do good in a dark world. Light can't be dark. Good can't be bad. Like Christians, we gotta shine. So the first evidence is, is, is goodness. The second byproduct is actually righteousness. Now righteousness, we don't really use that term all that much. It's kind of confusing. And as Christians, we don't really hear it. Surfers use it, righteous, bro, it's super rad, it's righteous. But, but like as Christians, we're like, what on earth does righteous even mean? And, to, and to, to walk the Christian walk means that you walk in a way that you actually are walking, um, and you're, you're walking right with God. You're, you're in step, you're in sync, you're, you're, you're walking together, you're, 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 you're connected, you're, you're, you're right. And there's, there's no such thing as dark light. Like a, a, a flashlight, there's no, like raise your hand if you've ever seen a flashlight that emits darkness. You don't, you don't shine darkness around. That, that, that whole concept doesn't even exist. There's no such thing as dark light. There's black light, that was cool in the 90s. Black lights are cool when you go laser tag, but there's no such thing as dark light. Darkness doesn't shine. Darkness is the, the, the absence of light. Darkness is dark. And people don't shine either. And that's what we need to understand. You see, Christians get themselves in trouble when they try to be the one who shines. We were never meant to shine. For the Christian to be light, the thing that shines is actually Christ inside of us. It's Jesus that shines. And in order to shine bright, you know how that works? It's actually your righteousness that gets illuminated. So righteousness, key. Goodness, righteousness. And the third one is truth. This byproduct, this one, this one, this one's fascinating because this one's a little bit uncomfortable. To walk the Christian walk means to walk in truth. It means to walk in authenticity. It means to walk in humility, right? What you see is what you get. There's no such thing as hiding. There's no such thing as masks, no trickery, no loopholes, no shortcuts. To, to shine bright means you illuminate darkness both around you but where it gets personal is to shine bright means that you illuminate around you, but you also illuminate what's inside of you. And light, what it does is it makes you transparent. And this is why we get called hypocrites. Because we think that our light just shines on others. 
But our light, whether you like it or not, whether you welcome it or not, your light actually shines on you, in you, through you. Everything there is out there for everyone to see. And so when we walk and we've got some darkness inside, we've got some stuff that we don't want to handle or stuff that we don't want to deal with, it all gets out there. People can see it. So goodness, righteousness, truth. For you were once darkness, but you're now light in the Lord. So live as children of, of light. And verse 10. And find out what pleases the Lord. If I were to give homework tonight, this is the thing I would want to give you. When was the last time you asked yourself that question? Jesus, what is it that I do that pleases you? Because what he's trying to say here is, if you want to shine light, you just need to ask God what that means. What does it mean for me to shine? What is it that I am currently doing now that pleases you? And that is a healthy list to pursue. I mean, just think about it for a moment. If, if, if God is God, and God created the universe, and God created the, the world that we live, and he pulled up the mountains, and he made creation, and he made humanity, and he made you, and if God specifically and intentionally, intricately made you, he wove you together with a purpose, on purpose, then a life devoted to finding out what pleases God is actually the secret to finding fulfillment. It's the, it's the pathway to finding just personal satisfaction, inner peace, this is, where, this is where these things come from. The God who wove you together knows you better than you know. So find out what pleases him and do a lot of that. Okay? Verse 11. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. Now just for a moment, I want you to look at this verse. It says, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness. I want you to notice what it doesn't say. It doesn't say have nothing to do with the people who engage in the fruitless deeds of darkness. Because inadvertently, we often interpret it this way. If I, could just, if I could just separate myself from them, if I could just stop being around that person, if I could just build a wall to protect myself, then I will say holy and pure, and then I will have everything figured out, and then I can shine my light. But this is not what it's saying. This is not an evangelism verse. This is not a, a love your neighbor, love your enemy, reach, reach the lost verse. This particular verse is about your own behavior. If I had a flashlight, I could explain this verse, not by shining it out like this, but by turning the flashlight around and shining it at my own heart and at my own life. See, what Paul is writing here, he's saying, listen, dear Adam, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, man but rather expose them. Like, like, look at your own life, and if you've got something in there that is not good, something in there that is dark, I need you to expose it, because God created you for more. You are created for something better than that. You don't just have to learn how to live with darkness inside of you, but instead expose it, get rid of it, change. You don't have to do that. In fact, stop it have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but expose them. And it's not about exposing others. 
It's about exposing the darkness in me. God, help me find that. Verse 12. He says, it's shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. I've read this so many times. I remember thinking to myself, ah, gosh, Paul, get some like table side manner. Like, that's like so rude sounding. But, but, but he understands something here. Because as Christians, it's not just enough to, to not have darkness in yourself. Because what we often do is we will, we'll, we'll kind of point it out in others. Oh man, that person's really dealing with this. Oh man, they're doing that. Oh man, they, did you hear what they said about this guy? And Paul's like, yo, whoa, 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 slow down. It's shameful even to mention that stuff. It's not just enough to avoid it in your own life. Like, like stop talking about it. Like, darkness is actually really bad. It's really bad. And he tries to get our attention here. Because the point he's trying to communicate is like, listen, folks. There's no such thing as light with a little bit of dark. Light is light. And it's meant to shine bright. And it rhymes, so it's super true, right? To be dim is dangerous. I can explain it this way. Living with just enough light to see, but not enough light to discern, will get you into trouble. If you need to squint to see something, like, 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 like I'm pretty sure I, I know what I'm supposed to do. I'm pretty sure I can tell where I'm supposed to go. If you need to squint, you need more light. It's not supposed to be that complex. If you need to ask yourself, uh, Lord, is this okay? Like, like everybody else says it's wrong, but I kind of really like it and it feels great. So is it okay if I do that? And you're kind of squinting at the situation, bro, you need more light. Like if you're in a relationship and you're like, okay, God, um, how far is too far though? Like I don't want to sin. I don't want to have sex before marriage, but what really is sex? Like, like, like how far do I go? Can I go? Lord, can you give me an answer on that? If you need to squint, you need more light. Because we will justify anything in the dark. Because we think nobody can see. And we think it doesn't actually impact others. And we think it's private and we think it's secret. But the truth is it's not. And this is what Paul's trying to say. He's saying dim is dangerous. In fact, to be a little bit more crass, when you're dim, you're dumb. We do the dumbest stuff ever. Like just think about the dumb stuff you've done. It's generally when the lights were dim. It's generally when you, were, when you knew there was a way to justify your actions. When you knew there could possibly be a way out. When you thought that maybe nobody else would see. Dim makes you dumb. Ephesians chapter five, verse 13. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible though. Everything that is illuminated becomes light. So it's like he's saying, he's like, like, Christians, please pay attention. Do not be duped. Don't be fooled. You might be able to trick others into thinking that you're brighter than you are. You might be able to trick your girlfriend into thinking you're brighter than you are. You might be able to trick your parents into thinking you're brighter than you are. You might be able to trick your pastors. You might be able to trick your small group leaders, those who are closest to you. Friend, you might even be able to convince yourself 
that you're brighter than you are. But it says everything is exposed by the light becomes visible. Everything that is illuminated becomes light. Everything. You can trick others, but you can't trick God. God uses light to illuminate your imperfections. And this is actually a really great thing. Because let me tell you what God doesn't do. God doesn't use light to illuminate your imperfections to show you how bad you are. That's not his goal. God uses light to illuminate your perfections so that he can show you the areas in your life that need to get developed. To remind you of how much you need Jesus. To remind you that you can't actually do this in your own strength. If you've got darkness inside of you, expose it, get rid of it. You don't want nothing to do with it because light, everything that is exposed, it's, it's, it's all going to be seen. It's all going to be seen. That's why he's like, wake up. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 14. This is why it is said, wake up. Wake up, sleeper. Rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. The New Living Translation says, wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead and Christ will give you light. Now there's something prophetic in that. It's personal. It's speaking to somebody today. I know it. You've been sleeping and your lights are off. And you may have been in the dark for so long that your eyes have adjusted. And now, for you, discerning darkness from light is harder than it has ever been in this season. And you feel lost, and you feel ashamed. Friend, I got really, really good news for you. What Jesus has planned for your life is so much better than what you're experiencing. Let me me close by explaining it this way. Every human who has ever existed on this planet is a light bulb in a box. God is the grand light bulb maker. We're all factory made. We're all very, very similar. This is us. Everyone created equal. But to be fair, not everybody born into equal opportunity. Because some of you, you're born into a Christian home and you have a Christian mom and dad who explained to you early that you are not just a box with a light bulb in it. You are a light bulb inside of a box. You were created on purpose for a purpose. You are actually meant to shine. There's something inside of you that is designed specifically by God, and God has made you to shine, friend. You're not a body with a soul. You're a soul with a body, and God's got a plan for you. But not everybody had that opportunity. I didn't. I did, I did, I did not hear that story when I grew up. I spent my whole life trying to figure out who am I? 
I know, I know that I'm made for more than this. And I know that my insides are fragile. But, but, but there's got to be more to this life than this. And, and maybe you're there. Where, where, you're, where you're trying to make sense of stuff. And you started to ask what we would call first order questions. Is there more to life than this? What's my purpose? Why am I here? And if you're asking those questions, you're in the right place. So we try and figure out how to make sense of life. And so we we find a structure or a system that will help us figure out who we are. And for some of us, this is actually maybe your friends. School, a, a network. This could be a worldview. This could be a variety of different things. This could be articulated as a religion. And you find a religion. And there are hundreds of religions out there designed to explain to us who we are and who we were created to be. And so, and so you've asked questions and you've found yourself a system, a structure, some rules to live by. And, and, you, and you plugged yourself in. And every major religion will help you do that. But the truth is, like, like, like the truth, there's only one type of light stand that will actually illuminate the bulb from the inside out. And it's, it's not actually even the stand. The secret is the power. And so you found yourself trying to plug into anything you can trying to find that power. And you find it nowhere. And so now you're confused. Because this is supposed to make sense, but you don't feel different on the inside. That's because that power is Jesus, friends. That power is created by, it's, it's, it's the one who created you. You can only find that power in Jesus and from Jesus. And when we plug into him, everything changes. Now, if Christianity were that simple, why don't we all shine then? <laughs> like, 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 why not? Why don't we all shine the same? Well, there's a couple different reasons for that. Some of you today, you're still inside the box. And you've gotten really close but this isn't how Christianity works. See, see, we can see that from here, but that is really hard to see when you live inside a box because you're still trying to figure out life. You're still trying to figure out things. So your first step tonight to becoming light is taking that bold step to get out of your box, out of your comfort zone. And quite honestly, to get plugged in here. 
You see, it's advantageous to be plugged in because when the storms come, and they will, you don't fall out. When life flips upside down, you're still plugged in, you're still, still connected. And this, this is where the analogy gets frustrating for some of you. Because you're saying, well, I am connected. I've been coming for weeks, months. But I, still don't, I don't still have any light. What's the deal? I, I, I sang the songs. I listened to the verse. I listened to the scripture. I, I, I raised my hands even. But, but I don't feel this connection. I don't feel this light. I don't feel changed. That's because you need to flick the switch. You need to vulnerably invite the power of Jesus into your life. I can't do that for you. Your friend can't do that for you. This is a decision you and only you can make. If you want to be light, you don't get light by simply coming to the six. You get light by inviting Jesus into your heart and into your life. And some of us, we know this. We, we know this real well. And, and we're really good at shining. The problem is, the other thing we're really good at is hiding our light. Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, 16 says, You are the light of the world. You're a town built on a hill that, that cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl or under a box. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. And in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see the good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. You see, some, for some of us, the problem isn't that we don't know how to shine. So we don't want to. Because we can shine in here. This is easy. But it's hard to shine at work. It's hard to shine when we're at school. It's hard to shine when we're, at, with our, when we're alone, with our girlfriend, with our boyfriend. That's when it gets really hard to shine. It gets hard to shine when we're hanging out with the bros. It's hard to shine when, 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 when we don't want to. And so we, we get really good at this. Friends, we need to stop. I'm not pointing my fingers at anybody. If anything, I'm pointing them back at myself because I'm guilty of this too. And this is not how we change the world. We wonder why our Christian faith isn't influencing society, isn't influencing our friends, isn't influencing our, our loved ones. It's because we're shining and hiding it all the time. We're confusing. We're confusing. And the final one, we'll leave it, is this. COVID's been hard. Life is complicated. Social media is the worst sometimes. And things happen. And our problem isn't so much that we don't know how to shine and that we're not shining. But for some of us, we've just we've picked up some tape along the way. <laughs> for some of us, we've, we've picked up some, some habits. 
We found our own coping mechanisms. And it used to be just a, a, a little drink. Now it's a lot of drinking. It used to be, oh man, I can't wait to get married one day. Now it's, I can't wait to get laid one day. It used to be, oh, oh, I can't wait to change the world. And now it's just, I just want to hide away. I can't face it anymore. It's too heavy. It's too hard. It's hard, man. It's hard to be a Christian. It's hard to shine bright. If you knew what I was going through, Pastor, like you, 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 you would know. And friend, I don't know the specifics of your story, but I know that Jesus does. And I know that you weren't designed to be covered in tape. And you weren't designed to be Oh, this is literally burning. This is awesome. You weren't designed to have your light blocked out. And Jesus wants to take your tape off today. He wants to help you shine. Because you don't have to try and figure out how to shine by yourself. This light isn't trying to shine. You notice that? It just shines because the power is there. It's making no effort. It just, it just shines. This is, this is so easy for me. I'm just going like this. And this light shines. You don't have to try and shine. You just need to let Jesus, let his power shine through you. Would you stand to your feet? I'd love to pray for you right now. invite you to close your eyes. Maybe you are a, a tactile person and you want to just put your hands out and just like in a posture of receiving. Maybe you want to put your hands in your pockets just to keep yourself from getting distracted for the next few moments. Let's just create a sacred space in here as we invite the Holy Spirit to minister to our hearts. We right now have the opportunity to leave here different than the way we came in. We heard the preaching of the word. Now we have the opportunity to apply it to our lives. So let me pray for you. Jesus, I thank you so much that you're real. That when we, when we, when we pray to you, you hear us. That when we worship, you hear it, you feel it. I thank you, Lord, that you are here with us right now in this moment where we are gathered. For those of us who are here today and we're inside our box, Father, we pray for the courage to, to take that lid off. We pray for boldness to take that next step of getting plugged in. Jesus, so for those who are here right now, God, who you're, maybe you're plugged in but the light's not on. If you want that light on, you just need to invite Jesus into your situation. Jesus, come now. Fill me with your light. Fill me with your power. Jesus, be the Lord of my life. Forgive me for the dumb stuff I did when it was dim. Jesus, help me to be light, Lord.
help me to be light. For those of us who, who are we're, we're inconsistent right now, and we're putting our bowl, our light under a bowl, and we're putting our light in a box, Father, I pray, Lord, that God, we wouldn't feel guilty, but Lord, tonight we would feel hungry. Hungry for more of your presence. Jesus, help us to be consistent in how we live. Break our hearts, Lord, for the things that break yours. Help us to see people the way you see people. Help us to see ourselves as the light everywhere that we go so that we can illuminate darkness. I pray, Lord, that you would raise up missionaries tonight. In fact, I, in fact you know, I didn't say this in any other service. I believe there's people at night who are going to be called tonight, here. We're going to be called into the ministry. There's, there's a burden for missions that God is placing on your heart. This boldness. When I started speaking about this, this lamp, the hiding your light under a lamp, there's something that was being tweaked in your spirit. And God's saying, that's you. That's you. I'm calling you to go. I'm calling you to take that step. I've got a calling and a plan and a purpose for your life. And God's calling you to be brave. And if that's you tonight, I want you to find, find me after. I want to talk to you. Come talk to me after. And for those tonight where you got tape on, might I remind you, might I remind you that Jesus is literally called the Prince of Peace. Lord, would you bring your peace. That the Holy Spirit is called our counselor. Lord, would you bring your counsel. The Holy Spirit is our guide. Lord, would you bring guidance. The Holy Spirit is our advocate. Lord, would you stand and defend us. Lord, we thank you that you're our rescuer. We thank you that you are our renewer. We thank you that you're a God of second chances. We thank you, Lord, that you're a God who takes dead things and makes them alive. That you're a God who makes dark things and makes them light. That you're a God of new beginnings, fresh starts, newness. And Jesus, tonight we look to you. And Father, the patterns, the habits, we lay them down. And we pray, Father, that you would restore that which the enemy stole from us. God, that we can walk in freedom again. Because God, you got a plan. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing. And Father, we thank you for what you're going to do. In your name we pray. Everybody said, amen. 